You're listening to Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with me, Melissa Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with your host, me, Melissa Gonzalez. Today, I'm here to introduce you to my guest, uh, Rohan Deusker, who is the founder and CEO of Stylytics. And we're having a reunion right now because he and I haven't really been able to sit down on a one-on-one in years. And there's so much exciting new stuff to tell you about. Um, But he co-founded the company in 2011. It's had a lot of momentum and a lot of success since then and some exciting pivots. Um, and has since invented and patented a number of retail technologies now used for over 100 major global retailers. He holds a, a degree from Northwestern University, an MBA from Wharton as well, and you know, bringing those uh, intellectual insights to, to the company. Um, but I'm going to let him introduce you to what Stylytics is today. But Rohan, thank you so much for being with us today. It's so great to be here and, and to reconnect with you. It's been, as you said, a long time uh, and a lot has happened for, for both of us. So congratulations on all your success. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, um, well, let's dive in. Um, you know, with, with, with Stylytics, I'm, I, there's probably people in the audience that are familiar and some aren't. I mean, you are, you're obviously the leading visual merchandising platform that's powering hundreds of outfitting and styling and, and gifting programs for, for dozens of the world's re, uh, leading retailers. But yeah, tell us the tell the audience a little bit about what exactly you guys are specializing in. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, um, if you just go back to shoppers, shoppers want to if they're looking at a particular product, whether it's in home or in fa- in fashion, you know, they want to know how to style it. They want some guidance from their favorite brands on you know different ways to wear it, different occasions they can wear it for. If it's something in the home, they want to understand you know how what else should I pair with this mm-hmm. with this couch? You know what? Uh, and so. Brands and retailers have always wanted to provide that inspiration to shoppers. It's just been extremely difficult for them to do this at any real scale. You know, you need visuals, you need uh, on brand pairing uh, uh, preferences, you need to know about the customer, you need to know about what's inventory. There's just a lot of complexity there. And yeah. this is really the, the entire solution for them to say, we can turn this completely turnkey. And what we do is we help them give every single shopper whether they're a visitor or a longtime customer, very personalized, high quality outfit or room or bundle or gift recommendations as they shop. So this is not something that's sitting in one part of a cool you know, little corner of the e-commerce site, but this mm-hmm. is really across every product detail page in the post-purchase emails. Um, I would love to talk to you about stores uh, as, as, yeah, the, sure. as uh, the conversation progresses. But really our job is to say, you know, um, how do we stay behind the scenes, but create all of the visual content, provide all of the front-end technology, provide all of the data so that a retailer can say, you know, Melissa, here are the, as you are looking for that, uh, you know, the perfect jacket, here are all of the different ways that you can style that jacket with and other things you can discover. So it drives average order values, conversion rates, um, but really, you know, we focus on revenue procession and then just long uh, lifetime value for the customer. So tell us, um, how do you get started? Say I wanted to partner with you. Um, how does that onboarding process work? It's it's uh, so it's we've got it down to science now. So really, what we need from the retailer is their existing product feed, mm-hmm. and what we've tried to do is remove all of the friction from that point on. So you just give us your existing product feed. Um, don't change the images. Don't give us any more data. It's just and let's just sync up on that, which everybody can do fairly easily at this point. And then once we pull that in, what we're doing is we're kind of deconstructing all of the data that comes with with uh, the product. So if it's, let's say it's a jacket, 
We'll analyze the image. We do some image cool stuff on it to remove the model, remove the background if we want to lay, lay down version. We also um, do our own um, AI-based attribution. So we'll add a bunch of uh, typically two to three times the amount of attributes so that our systems can really start to understand how to style the product. Um, and so once we have that data kind of ready to go, and this is all taking seconds, obviously, then uh, we have our patented systems that will use our huge set of knowledge and our systems knowledge, as well as very brand specific and brand appropriate uh, preferences that are really coming in conversations with, with the merchants and the people who represent the brand. And we kind of are able to teach our system that before this all goes live. So if mm -hmm. you're you know, a brand with a very specific view on you know, how you want color to be used, or you're, um, you know, we have a lot of sporting retailers and, and global major brand A will say that our black maternity leggings, if they're in sustainable materials, should be styled this way, but not this way. And so we can, you know, they're not, we're not expecting them to give us 99% of the rules, but for the 1% that really matter to their brands, we can kind of take that from them. And mm -hmm. so now the system is sort of ready to go. And what we do then is the system will start creating these bundles and these outfits and it's stitching it together into an image because, you know, I think shoppers are sick of little products and boxes and little recommendations of complete the look. They really want visual inspiration like they might find in a magazine or Instagram mm -hmm. or other places. And so, you know, everything I'm describing so far, once there's that initial couple few weeks of setup is now happening like clockwork and magic. So the retailer will say, okay, here's the feed. Give us your code, Stylytics. We'll put it on our site. And everything else in between is handled by us. So between about eight weeks is our average. Sometimes it's shorter. Sometimes it's a bit longer. They're able to go from maybe 30 to 50, you know, inspirational images on their site to typically 5, 10, 15,000. And now these are delivered. You know, we learn as the shopper is browsing what to show them. Um, if, they're, if they're purchasing, we know kind of what they've purchased in the past and we can show them that as well. And so it's really just transformational. It's, uh, you know, we haven't invented the sort of the need uh, or the or the uh, uh, the vision that brands have to show uh, style inspiration to their shoppers. Mm -hmm. What we've done is we've sort of taken out every hard part of it and every expensive part of it, so that you know it's it's really turnkey for them. So through all of this, you are constantly learning, right? And you mentioned one trend on the consumer standpoint of them kind of being sick of just seeing little images, and they want editorial inspiration really right so what are some of the other learnings i mean and you also work across categories so we can either you can either dig in on a category and talk about a learning or just like holistically from a consumer behavior standpoint absolutely and you know uh, just to give give anyone listening the the sense of scale here so where we are right now we're we're seeing about um so uh stylytics on a given month, we'll cater to about 120 million shoppers every month. Obviously, a function of the size of our retailers. That's US, actually. Globally, that's maybe 50%. Yeah. So approaching 200 million. So we have all of that data. We see about 150 billion sessions per year. We're pulling in, we're styling products for about 15 to 20,000 brands in a typical month. And so, you know, the, sc uh, the scale of the information we have is really huge. And that allowed, to your point, we're also seeing it across... Um, everything from sports to kids to to high end fashion to fast fashion and home beauty. So we see a lot of a lot of that. So that's just credibility in terms of you know the, the data that we have. Yeah. Um, so you know we're, what we're seeing 
really right now, and this is sort of a very topical trend, and I know you like to keep your, your conversations evergreen, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, the very interesting thing that our data is showing us right now is that even though we're talking in the market about people being um, certainly price sensitive, and they are for a lot of basics mm-hmm. and other things, we're seeing a shift from people uh, you know, buying just a lot of stuff to really actually being willing to pay up for something that is a special item. So we're actually seeing things like sequined dresses that are slightly, you know, above average in that brand's price point or products that are, that feel special or festive or a little bit, you know, and this is across price points, right? We're, we're looking across different price points. We're seeing people are actually willing to pay for that. And for other things, they're looking for discounts. They're looking for value in other places. And we help, help retailers sell full price as one of our strategies, but that's an interesting trend we're seeing. Um, and, it's uh, interesting as you mentioned that because there's always this tension that's happening. There's definitely more messaging and kind of like less is more. And so I could see the trend of people wanting to invest in the special versus as much of that like fast fashion mentality of always just new, 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 new. Um, it's it's not as much of a sustainable mentality. Um, that's right. So, yeah. You actually hit on my other theme, which is something we've seen now consistently for a couple of years. Um, and is really, you know, this idea of value and versatility is so central to the kind of, I want to say the enlightened shopper, right? Somebody who says, I'm now over the just keep buying stuff and filling my wardrobe and, and then filling the sort of dumpster with stuff. I, I, want to, I want to make sure that something I'm buying is going to be uh, versatile. So we really show them different ways to style a particular product. So it's not just the same outfit with variations. We're actually, you know, when we when we show 15 recommendations for let's say the top you're wearing, that would be how to dress it up, how to dress it down, how to wear it for brunch, how to wear it for a cocktail party. And we do this very intentionally because we know the shoppers really respond well to saying, oh, this is something that's versatile in my closet. Um, and the other thing is value. You know, we've uh, we obviously are in a in a period of time where uh, brands are heavily discounting, record discounting this year. Mm-hmm. And what we're encouraging and kind of guiding our, our customers based on the data is to say, there's another dial you have, which is you don't, you know, value certainly is, hey, I got this for a good deal or I got this at a discount. But it's also the value of being able to say, um, I want to buy this product now because I can get a lot of, you know, usage out. So just different showing them and reinforcing the message and, and providing education on how to wear it, how to wear it more often, how to dress it different ways. Um, has really resonated. I mean, we uh, the impact we're seeing now in this environment is actually more than it was even this time last year for the same kind of brands and the same kinds of shoppers. Mm-hmm. So how does this translate into the store, right? Because a number of brands are using Stylytics bundling content on Instagram and Pinterest and with influencers, but um, there's a correlation too, I think, of the opportunity of like capturing that in-store experience when they're there. Like, how, how does that how does that connect in your mind? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and I know I know this is a a core area of your expertise, so um, I, I will need to pick your brain at some point on this. Yes, let's talk. <laughs> so, you know, our um, our customers have about forty thousand stores, right? So. This is an ongoing conversation we have with them about what are the ways that we can replicate what we're doing for their product pages or their landing pages, their galleries on site or into their email, and how do we connect the dots? And you know where um, our product and, and sort of R and D teams have been 
brainstorming with our customers is really in this area of um, how do we activate different parts of the store by giving people who are looking at a rack of products and you know are in that slight moment of being overwhelmed or indecision, how do we give them a quick contextual lookbook with all the products, for example, that are right there? Um, and this actually nicely plays into endless aisle opportunities and other types yeah. of things. And because our system is able to style every product with a lot of different ways, and we can localize it, we can look at store inventory, there's lots of things we can do. So the vision that we have for this, what, there's a couple of areas I'll talk about, but one, one is just to say, um, hey, if I can come into the store and maybe scan a QR code, because that form factor has kind of risen now back, uh, as we all know, um, uh, if I'm looking at the dresses, I can quickly scan the QR code and uh, or scan the barcode, and now I'm seeing different ways to style it. And I have a lookbook that's sort of a shopping companion. And we mm-hmm. have something called Featured Shops, which is a um, sort of a collection of lookbooks that's out of the box, takes five minutes to generate instead of taking you know, 15, 20 weeks typically. And that works really well in a store and kind of paired with a store environment where now if it's a large store footprint, I don't have to walk around the entire store to kind of discover what's happening. I have something in the palm of my hand that's already styled into occasions, themes, looks by price point. There's a lot of different ways. And the retailer doesn't have to change their site structure because it's sort of our code sitting on their site and it's continuously refreshing. So because, you know, for example, if... um, if there were the Grammys last night and there was, you know, the, the top five, you know, incredible looks and trends that are coming out of it. If I walk into the store the next morning and I scan that the QR code in a particular section, you know, our system is able to map to those trends and have adjusted the outfits to kind of speak to the trend or with what's selling locally. There's just a lot of opportunity to, to connect the dots. Um, so that's one, that's one area we're looking at and really seeing how do we activate it. Um, certainly there's hardware opportunities. You know, we've, we have a, a, a partner called uh, Noble Technologies, which does a very mm-hmm. smart, a really cool magic mirror. Um, that's in the Puma flagship, and just you can you can uh, you can look at yourself. You can get outfit suggestions. There's lots of things in that direction. Obviously, hardware is difficult to install across the whole uh, the whole store footprint, and so we're looking at these sort of mixed effort, mixed expense type of solutions. Yeah. Frankly, my 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 vision is that. Um, you know, if you're walking down, and I live in New York, so let's just say Fifth Avenue, walking down Fifth Avenue, you know, half of those those stores are our customers. I would love it if, yeah. if the tourists walking by can scan a QR code that's in the in the front display and not have to commit to going in, but you kind of understand what a particular brand is all about. And you can browse it a little bit in terms of looks and occasions and New York style and all those things. And then you walk in and then you can show a store associate, hey, where can I find this product? So there's just mm-hmm. a lot of opportunity there. Um, the other, the other big thing that we're hearing from sort of the SVP of store, uh, head of store, um, our counterparts, is that it's just really difficult to ensure that store associates are providing the level of expertise that they used to. In yeah. the past. You know this probably, you know, way better than I do in terms of kind of the challenges there, and it's about. Everyone's investing in digital education tools, but you're really only as mm-hmm. good as the kind of live content you have. And so we are starting to experiment with ways that in a very light touch, using their existing devices, not dealing with the Wi-Fi issues and stuff, like all just very light touch is sort of the key here. And helping um, store associates maybe understand how they can like a new collection might be styled. 
and giving them some easy tools uh, that are non-frictionful uh, for them or for the customer to just provide that extra 20%, 50% of contextual advice for the sh- for shopper. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think that can be transform- transformational, frankly. I agree. I agree. I mean, it is about putting that information at their fingertips. And they're the most important touch point in that moment of like interest and intent and you know, if I if I'm trying something on, I would love for somebody to say, you know, this would also look great with X, Y, and Z, or for sure home. Um, so, because exactly. right now you're in apparel and accessories, footwear, like home. Are there any other categories you're 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 thinking of? And maybe I could tie that into the fact. And you know, congratulations on all your continued success because you guys also um, recently raised uh, eighty million dollar. Series C funding. Um, so yeah, where are you going? Like what's in the pipeline? Uh, oh my gosh, so much. I've never been more <laughs> excited, frankly, uh, than I am today in terms of what, what we're able to do. Um, uh, you know, we're tripling product team, tripling the tech engineering team, really investing in data analytics. So I'll be more specific than that, but just in terms of the uh, the opportunity, you know, no, number one really is for us to drive personalization, right? Personalization and obviously buzzword, what we mean by personalization is to say, um, how do we make sure that th- there's two forms of it? One is, um, how do we get closer and closer to the most relevant looks based on uh, wherever they're seeing it? Because now a typical shopper will, will sort of see outfitting recommendations across 98% of the journey, typically for our wrapped up customers. How do we make sure that it's super contextualized to them based on browse behavior, but also based on... Um, a lot of information we're getting out of the outfits now. So we have AI that can classify it very, very, in a very nuanced way to minimalist for this kind of shopper in this kind of context and occasion. So there's a lot we're going to do there. To- I have a question actually yeah, on the, the personalization is like, so is it you constantly learning the consumer or what I need to kind of pre- preemptively explain to you, I'm a minimalist or I'm a maximalist or I'm like, how, how are you getting to know the customer? Yeah, it's a great question. So, um, you know, we're not asking the shopper to fill out a style quiz. There are some places uh, that we've been, we've powered very successful style quizzes. It's perfect if you're, for example, looking at, you know, um, you have a certain theme for a wedding and you're looking for what is this, you want to tell the system what the style is to then figure out what your bridesmaids, your groomsmen should wear, right? That's a very good use case of a style quiz where somebody has a high, you know, uh, high importance occasion or something that they're working for. Mm-hmm. But our system is really, you know, we have an unfair advantage, frankly, which is, um, you know, if you just look at something like basic product recommendations, right? Um, if if you went and you looked at two white blouses and you looked at three blue, pairs of blue jeans, it's really difficult to know that much about you because how are you going to style it? Are you going to dress it up, dress it down? Is right. it a replenishment? What are you doing? But if you look at and engage with outfits, those outfits are they're appropriate for occasions. They have a certain style aesthetic to them. There's certain things in terms of the color mixtures. Is there a big logo in there? Is that, you know, so there's a lot that we can get from that. So our system actually uh, is able to, in a very sort of compliant way, right, uh, without having to know anything specific about you. At a session level, be able to say, okay, this, this session, this shopper is responding to these types of products and these types of outfits, and these outfits have a lot of metadata. So we're able to really understand and, you know, what we do then will boost certain outfits and we'll put on a label there. The label is really trying to drive, draw your attention to the fact, let's just pick a home example, that this is um, mid-century modern, 
right? So there's an education and personalization piece without asking you to do anything. That said, the other piece of our personalization strategy that we're super excited about is if you're willing, if you're signed up, signed in with the retailer or in the or in the app, now let's give you a style destination that goes beyond anything that is in store or online. So as an example, um, because we know what you bought through the retailer's connection with us, we can now start showing you how to style products that have just arrived on site with the thing that you bought nine months ago. And so that's one example, or you can start liking looks across the site experience Mm -hmm. and that teaches the system more. So you're not having to say I'm minimalist, but if you love a look, mm-hmm. you can go and do that. So there's some of those types of things and giving you smart dressing rooms and other things. Yeah. Um, so that's, how, that's you know, there's a lot there that go back to your original question of how we're using our, um, you know, these, this investment. That's a big area. Really, I mean, I think a priority number one is always our current customers. You know, we have mm-hmm. an incredible, incredible base of customers. And so, uh, and we have an open invitation from them, frankly, to, to have these kind of conversations and keep bringing them things. The, the really cool opportunity we have, which we're very frankly privileged to have, is that you know we can draw something out on the back of a napkin and and knowing what a retailer wants and very quickly kind of give them a beta or a prototype and give it to sort of five early adopter customers. And suddenly it's in front of 50 million shoppers because of their scale mm-hmm. and because of their willingness to experiment. And so the chief digital officers, the SVPs of digital are really excited about this like fast deployment of new things. And it's really fun for somebody like me because we get to, um, uh, you know, cure the problems, invent a potential solution, get into market, A/B test it, figure out if it's working. If it is, keep incrementing in this direction. If it's not, go in this direction. And um, there's just so much opportunity to change how retail is, you know, how much inspiration, in what way shoppers are getting personalized inspiration. That that's sort of yeah. what the problems. I love that you brought up personalization because you're right. I think that it gets bucketed or it has this reputation of being a buzzword, but nobody's really doing it well. And personalization is like, oh, you get bucketed into a consumer profile, you know, mm-hmm. or a persona. Um, but the way in which you described it, I'm, I'm even thinking of like my house. And I, I'm always thinking like, what else am I going to put into that room? Like I bought this great sofa and I bought this great thing. And I would love the perfect like art piece or Right. decorative object right when it hits cb2 i would love to be like hey melissa this is the thing you've been looking for that would <laughs> that would save my life so much I, w- I would like it would also increase my loyalty right to the brand because it's like you're my partner in figuring all of this out um so yeah. i think that's such a great opportunity um and so that kind of leans into i always like to talk about the future um before before we wrap and some of that is your future pipeline for sure, right? And and again, you've gotten this great round of funding. Um, but bigger picture in your mind, sitting at the helm of where you're at, and um, what is the future five years from now? Like, what what are the possibilities? Like, where do you think you know retail can go? Yeah, um, it's such a such an exciting question and a fun fun question. You know what what I what I share with the team, our team, and and our customers. Um, is really, you know, uh, first of all, contextualizing where we are in, in, in my in my understanding or my opinion here, which is I think we're at the tail end of something that started 25 years ago with, um, you know, grids of products and a certain form factor of a product detail page and checkout with re- sort of and the reviews and product rest came online. The Amazon bookstore turning into the Amazon everything store and then everybody saying that's the safe 
everybody knows Amazon. So let's just mimic that. Um, and, uh, uh, and I think that the, the convenience and selection um, uh, sort of architectural and then mobile and other things kind of factored in. I think we're sitting here now at the end of that. And the question is really mm-hmm. what's next. And this is why I think many of us who you probably see this too, who are in the space are hearing, you know, the heads of digital or the CEOs or whoever of, of these major brands and retailers kind of feeling a little like spread thin in terms of where, where is the next thing? What is actually going to happen? What should we be investing in? Is it Web3? Is it NFTs? Is it, uh, you know, a coffee shop in our store? Like what, what where should we go? Um, and, you know, my, my feeling on this is that um, we're either going to go into iterative examples of this continued previous thing. And that would be a bit sad if we stuck there and we just sort of continued to say, let's make it everything marginally better. Um, because I frequently, frankly, I think of the fact that, you know, you have a 24 year old who's shopped online since she was 11 or whatever, with <laughs> sitting next to her mom or parent. Yeah. Um, this is or seven. My daughter's seven and she's shopping. She somehow figured out how to attach the um, Apple account to her tablet. <laughs> and my husband started getting all these emails. She was shopping. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, this generation is so brilliant, but also scary. <laughs> right. um, exactly. But to your point, like think about what she's going to do by the time she's 17 and she, you know, she's doing that at seven. And, and, and she's going to find... The way that, you know, what seems all new for us still probably, oh, e-commerce, it's going to be old hat for her. It's going to be so dull and boring. So I hope that we don't, I hope that us as an industry, you know, uh, we as an industry can can do more. Um, at the same time, I, it's a long answer, so sorry sorry for that. But uh, It's a big question. At the, exactly. At, at the same time, um, I don't. I don't buy into the fact that a lot of the things that, you know, we're all excited about the potential future. I don't think they are ripe on the vine just yet. I think it's not just about the tech. It's about the, all of the infrastructure being ready, the customer being ready, the ecosystem being ready. And so what's in the middle of those two things? And our, what we're betting on, frankly, what we're, and uh, what we're trying to enable, uh, because we have this nice, nice almost market maker ability to roll it out across 200 million shoppers, um, is to say, Let's now start creating um, entire new experiences that are really centered on the shopper. And it sounds cliched, but it's, I think, a little bit more than that, which is to say, you know, um, how do we turn e-commerce from just being a series of transactional sites that look the same um, mm-hmm. to being something where uh, it is a continued expansion of um, digital tools and ways to think about product, to discover product, to be able to have your closet and new arrivals kind of blended together, ideally across mm-hmm. retailers, but obviously that will take some convincing and we're working on, on that with them. And so now I, as a shopper, have my kind of passport. I'm known in the store. I'm known uh, online. There's a collection of my preferences and my products that are kind of going with me. And mm-hmm. that doesn't just make mean that the product recs I get are slightly better. It means that I can have new tools. I have new um for example, we're launching something uh, which are absolutely personalized lookbooks based on everything you browsed and shopped. Um, and this is almost separate than the site experience. It's into fully integrated, but it's something where um, I believe, as an example, that you know when you're talking about CB2 and your home CB2 uh, customer of ours, um, so I'm not talking about their specific roadmap immediately, but this is the kind of thing that would be very compelling. 
which is your pro you said artwork, you said decor items. Um, yeah. There's so much that is known about you. And if you're willing to be a part of that, why should you go into an e-commerce experience that has products you wouldn't buy and styles you wouldn't shop in um, if it was clothing and sizes or, or gender profiles that are not relevant for you? So you're asking the shopper to wade through and kind of move through all of this noise to get to a very small sliver of 50 or 100 products that are relevant. Right. For and so my hope in the five-year time frame is it's the shopper surrounded by the 50 to 100 products that are relevant for them, surrounded by the inspiration of how to use all those products, and then mm -hmm. the choice of everything else. So if we can yeah. get that right... Um, I think it'll be it'll be very exciting. Sorry, very long answer. Yeah. No, it was it was, but I agree. If we could get that right, it would be <laughs> really exciting. But I think you know you're talking about um, the way in which I would want to shop. So let's all hope it comes to fruition. <laughs> um, but um, so, but thank you again for taking the time with us today. I mean, I think that what you guys continue to do is really exciting. Obviously, a lot's happened since your launch and. Um, I think what you're pushing forward with personalization, a little more near term with this newer, newer round of funding is exciting. And I think if, if if you could bring some of the things to fruition that you talked about, like I could just walk down Fifth Avenue and that whole block is my personalized shopping experience, um, then you know what I mean? Then retail's gone, gone pretty far. So um, I thank you for the time that you took with us today to talk about all of this. Um, Everybody needs to continue to follow you, obviously, because you guys continue to do a lot of exciting things at Stylytics. Um, and yeah, I, I, I will be looking out for you. We're going to keep this evergreen, but I'm going to look out for you at NRF too to see if you're, you know, what you guys are are talking about as we start 2023. So thank you, Rohan, for for spending the time with us um, and being our guest today. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you.